When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast is not meant for children or for liberals, even though that's pretty much the same thing these days, but that's what we're here for. Somebody's got to keep these brats in line. Anyway, you've been warned. It's the right opinion. These days, our media's either incompetent or malevolent. They don't believe in heaven, but they acting like they haven't sent. Knowing the truth is way harder than telling it. We gotta work harder, gotta be more intelligent. Sometimes we just gotta grab a mic and start yelling shit. We're living in times when it's hard to stay relevant. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Welcome, everybody, to The Right Opinion right here on therightopinion.podbean.com. I, of course, am your host, Harrison Bergeron. Happy to have all of you guys aboard. Happy Easter, or happy Zombie Jesus Day, as the atheists on Twitter like to call it. Uh, happy Bunny Day for me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a believer, but I'm not necessarily super religious, so uh, I kind of like to, to keep it somewhat, um, I guess, secular. So happy Bunny Day to all of you fine folks out there. And uh, I got a lot to talk about this week, unfortunately. Most of it has to do with the coronavirus, but more importantly than that, it really has more to do with the fake news, and it is just that, fake news, all of your favorite outlets, all of our our most likely usual suspects are guilty of the fake newsery that they always claim is just Donald Trump attacking the media when in actuality they are literally fake news news. You're not, you're not fake news. You're now very fake news. Believe me. And uh, we're going to get into all of it. We're going to hit a bunch of the different outlets here as we're going along. But I just want to let you all know to follow me, obviously, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Parler, and on Minds at Right Opinion Pod. Feel free to email the show. You guys got a lot of time on your hands these days. I am more than happy to answer questions or cover stories that you suggest. Send those over to the right opinion pod at gmail.com or you can always just follow me on Twitter slide into those DMs they are always open in case you guys want to communicate with me in a non-public fashion via Twitter that's how you do it at right opinion pod anyway we've got a lot to get into so it's Easter uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying time with your family I am not unfortunately, I came down with a bit of a fever last week, right after I finished recording or finished releasing the Right Opinion Pod uh, monthly edition for April. I was spending some time with the girlfriend, and unfortunately, the the chills just kind of came over me. And while I usually get chills when she's around, um, these were clearly above and beyond that. And uh, I came down with a little bit of a fever, thought I might have had this thing, sitting around my house all quarantined, all worried. I was over it by Thursday, so I either didn't have coronavirus or the coronavirus is a big old fucking hoax, which I believe somebody may have told us a long time ago, even though that's not what he said for the record, but the response to it is a hoax, has been a hoax, 
And most certainly, if I had it and what I had was this this crazy virus that everyone is making a big hullabaloo about, the response is definitely a hoax. And uh, like I said, I mean, I'm young, I'm healthy, doesn't really, you know, I'm not I'm not the the patient that's going to ultimately be succumbed to this. But uh, I was fine. I didn't show any symptoms above and beyond a fever, no coughing, no shortness of breath, no chest congestion, none of that sort of stuff. It was just really chills for a few days. I was running almost 100 degree fever for a couple of those days there, but everything's back to normal. Drank a lot of juice, took a little Zycam, took some Tylenol. I, I was fine by Thursday. So uh, again, uh, I hope if any of you got this thing out there, I hope your experience was what my experience was because it wasn't really all that big a deal other than the paranoia that was setting in as I was wondering if I was living out my last days because honestly, I, it started off and I'm going, oh, you know, maybe I got this thing. I'm going to be fine. But then, you know, a couple of days of isolation, you're left to yourself, you're left to your own devices, to your own thoughts. You're obviously following the media as I am because somebody's got to keep an eye on these fools. And eventually that thought starts slowly creeping in like, oh, maybe you're going to not wake up tomorrow. Oh, maybe uh, maybe this is going to get worse. Even as it started to get better, I had friends of mine who had similar illnesses, none of which have confirmed that they were coronavirus, but they were telling me it might come back. It hasn't come back. I am uh, I'm either um, I either have like the world's strongest immune system or this wasn't coronavirus or it's just it was coronavirus. I have a perfectly normal immune system and none of this was that big of a deal because again I'm young I'm healthy I'm I'm not the type of person that in all likelihood is going to fall to this I have no underlying health issues that I'm aware of I have been a smoker for a variety of years for basically half my life so that was mildly concerning but other than that I've been sitting around been watching the news a lot because I've got a lot of time on my hands I have been working from home but in those off hours, um, and even during some of those work hours, you know, you got to fill the time somehow. You got to got to decompress somehow. And for some reason, my decompression is reading fake news, which I will give some of that to you now. I think I got all the plugs and all that good stuff out of the way. So let's open up. Let's go. Let's go like alphabetically, right? ABC News. Let's start off with them. ABC News reported that the National Center for Medical Intelligence, otherwise known as the NCMI briefed the Defense Intelligence Agency, the Pentagon's Joint Staff, and the White House back in November about this coronavirus thing. Now, I mean, if you've been listening here, you know the timeline kind of started back in November when some of the first cases were popping up in China. They were doing everything that they could to destroy the evidence of that and to keep it under wraps and didn't eventually become public until later in December. But ABC News seems to think that they found this briefing that was out there that the Pentagon had, because the National Center for Medical Intelligence does fall underneath the Pentagon, I believe, and the Pentagon uh, Joint Staff and the Defense Intelligence Agency and the White House were all briefed all the way back in November, and obviously Trump was asleep at the wheel, right? Like, obviously, you know, Trump lied, people died, you see that trending, it must be true, but... (laughs) ABC News, as fake news, as news can get, let's not forget that this is the same organization that buried the Epstein scandal, and that same organization is owned by Disney, who regularly kowtows to China. So, this turned out to be fake news. The ABC article was later amended with a single sentence stating, Wednesday night, the Pentagon issued a statement 
denying the product slash assessment existed. So basically, they assumed they they said that they got their hands on this briefing that was given to the White House in November, and that the White House ignored it, allowing obviously for the problem to get worse and obviously for people to die. However, following ABC's reporting, Colonel R. Shane Day, a medical doctor and director of the NCMI, issued a rare public statement to deny the existence of the report, and I quote, As a matter of practice, the National Center for Medical Intelligence does not comment publicly on specific intelligence matters, Day said. However, in the interest of transparency during this current public health crisis, we can confirm that media reporting about the existence slash release of a National Center for Medical Intelligence coronavirus-related product slash assessment in November of 2019 is not correct. No such NCMI product exists. End quote. So there you have it. You have representatives from the NCMI, representatives from the Pentagon, actually making rare public statements to debunk the fake news, because that's precisely what it is. But ABC's not done, nor are they alone. That actually moves me on to the next story, which is a bit of a twofer. ABC and CBS have been using legitimate Chinese propaganda to help promote China's lies that there are no new cases and that Wuhan is safe and that the region is being, quote, reopened. This is uh, from an article from The Federalist. As a matter of fact, the quote I believe I just quoted to you previously was also from The Federalist, if I'm not mistaken. Nope, that was from National Review. And this next one is from The Federalist. And I only really want to point out The Federalist because if you've ever been on Twitter and you've seen any of the blue check marks talking about The Federalist, you know that it's some sort of crazy, conspiracy, right-wing, nutjob website, yada, yada, yada. Well, let's let's just take a second to reflect on all of the big stories of the last couple of years. You know, Russia Gate and the Ukraine Gate, and now the coronavirus. All of your mainstream media outlets have been lying outright, if not complicit somehow, in all of those scandals. Meanwhile, places like National Review and the Federalists have been putting together all of their lies and putting them out on display and getting bitch-slapped for it on Twitter for having the audacity to speak out against the mainstream narrative and, for that matter, what appears to now be outright Chinese propaganda from the article. And I quote, After touting the communist regime's new numbers reporting no new deaths in the entire country, ABC News published footage of what appears to be uncut video from Chinese state television on the lockdown lifts in Wuhan, where the outbreak began. ABC News was not the only outlet to air the footage from China Central Television touting the Asian superpower's apparent triumph in its battle against the virus. And then it shows below a tweet from Omi Seren, O-M-I space C-E-R-E-N. He is a national security advisor to Congressman or Senator Ted Cruz. The tweet says, And CBS is using segments from the same Chinese state propaganda video that ABC used to celebrate the regime-choreographed, quote, reopening of Wuhan. That's from the tweet there. A little later in the article, it says, Neither video made any mention of the fact that China has been manipulating its figures on the virus while broadcasting to the world that Wuhan is apparently now safe. Though China reported no additional fatalities from the virus on Tuesday, 
a claim that was reported without skepticism from American media outlets the U.S. intelligence community has disputed the regime's public figures in a classified report delivered to the White House in late March. Bloomberg News reported last week that a leaked conclusion of the report informed the Trump administration that China's reported numbers on the virus are fake to play down the severity of the crisis. Another report from the U.S. government nonprofit Radio Free Asia also contradicted China's public death toll by analyzing Hubei province funeral home capacity and urn delivery to the area where the outbreak started. Radio Free Asia estimated more than a week ago that the true death toll likely hovers around 46,800 dwarfing the 3,100 publicly reported by China, end quote. So our mainstream media outlets, ABC, CBS, not only echoing the sentiments of the evil communist regime in China, but outright using footage from their propaganda videos and placing it on American airwaves without ever questioning whether or not the source was being in any way honest, which anyone with two brain cells to rub together would be able to put together that China is obviously lying about their numbers. They had, I mean, just take into consideration their population density. Like in Hubei province, there's like 20 million people live there, if not way more than that. So their their area there is, you know, three times basically the populace of New York City. They've got all these people right up on top of one another. We know that, I mean, that the likelihood is that the numbers are way higher than what they're reporting. And there are outlets like Radio Free Asia that are reporting that there have been mass urn deliveries, there have been capacities that all the funeral homes have been met, that they're burying people by cover of darkness and all this sort of stuff. And you know what, actually, now's a good time for me to point out, this is another story I didn't actually have in my notes, but you may have noticed this week, hashtag Trump burial pits was, was, was trending on Twitter. And I don't mean to laugh at it, but it is just so remarkably dishonest. There was footage shown of some 40 caskets being lowered into the ground on, uh, I forget the name of the island now, Uh, in full disclosure, again, it wasn't in my notes, but I'm just remembering it from what I was reading earlier in the week, um, that Trump burial pits was trending because obviously it's so terrible that all these people are being buried anonymously and by the, you know, in these, these shallow graves and this island and yada, yada, yada. Look, it is obviously a travesty that those people lost their lives and, It's a travesty that they lost their lives to this stupid virus that didn't ever need to leave China, but did because China is inept and evil at the same time somehow. But the people that were being buried there, this is not the same situation as the mass graves in Iran or the mass incinerations of bodies in China. These people had no one else. They didn't have loved ones. They didn't have next to kin. Many of them, I'm sure, were homeless or very, very old and maybe just didn't have family around anymore. Those people are buried on this particular island for that particular reason. We're not just throwing random people in a hole to try to cover up the numbers. These people have been accounted for as coronavirus deaths in all likelihood, unless, of course, not all 40 of them were coronavirus deaths. We don't even know, but let's assume for the sake of these leftist lunatics and their inability to, you know, formulate a reasonable thought, let's assume that all 40 of these people died of coronavirus. They had been marked as such, they will make it into the death tolls, but they don't have next of kin to take care of their burials. Now, we live in a country 
where we will do that sort of thing for you because it's the right thing to do. So these 40 people, whether old and without next of kin or homeless and unidentifiable, were laid to rest properly buried on this island where they have been burying people who fall into that category since the 1800s. There are apparently a million people buried on this island, and there will be many more, unfortunately, because places like New York City have rampant homeless problems, as do places like San Francisco and Los Angeles. I'm sure they have similar mechanisms for burying bodies in similar cases. So this is not Trump trying to fudge the numbers. This isn't we have now become Iran and China. This is the United States government doing right by people who frankly have no one left who would know otherwise. And we are still making sure that those people are properly buried. And it's obviously unfortunate that they passed in the first place, but those deaths have nothing to do with the response of the federal government. If you want to put the blame on anybody, first and foremost, China. Second, we can get into the failures of the New York State and New York City leadership, which we most certainly will in a minute. But let me go ahead and move on to yet another article here. CBS News has some truly disgusting fake news of their own, and this is exclusively of their own. So we had ABC News lying, ABC and CBS using Chinese propaganda, now just CBS. Uh, They ran this clip on their news program and tweeted it out. I'm going to let you hear it first, because if you haven't heard it yet, you want to hear it, because you'll get the full breadth of the emotional reaction that CBS was trying to get when they published this multiple times on multiple outlets. Here's the clip. I quit my job today. I went into work and I was assigned to a COVID patient on an ICU unit that has been converted to a designated COVID unit. None of the nurses are wearing masks, not even surgical masks in the hallways when they're giving report to each other. I had my own N95 mask. I told my manager, I understand we're short on supplies, but let me protect myself. Let me feel safe. I have family that I have to come home to and the way things are looking, this isn't gonna get any better. America is not prepared. And nurses are not being protected. Okay. Well, that does sound really bad, right? Well, The Federalist, you know that website that all of your leftist friends laugh at when you cite, even though they've actually been far more correct than any of the major outlets in the last five years about every major story. That one. Well, unlike CBS, who decided to just take this nurse's word for it and provide dramatic background music, The Federalist actually did some digging into this And they reported the following, and I quote, the video now appears to be inaccurate. Instead of verifying the legitimacy of the video, CBS added background music and captions to highlight a woman who lied about her workplace situation. The woman, who goes by Imaris, I-M-A-R-I-S, on social media, has a prominent following on Instagram. Prior to CBS picking up this video, Imaris posted on her public Facebook page that she has anxiety and bipolar depression, and had not been an employee at the hospital for over a year. She mentioned in her post that she was unsure if she was ready to return to her job. So she doesn't even work at this hospital, most certainly had not been at the hospital while the COVID patients were there, because she hasn't worked there for a year, and the last I checked, 
the coronavirus had not taken over in March of 2019. So, what's CBS's excuse? Well, of course, they don't have one. And they continue to play this footage. And you continue to see people retweeting this video over and over and over again. But it's just not true. Simply false. The Federalist figured it out. You know, that right-wing conspiracy theorist website. All they did was go to her Facebook page and find statements from her that counter the argument. I mean, it's just, come on, man. This this took two seconds of, quote, journalism. It's not even journalism at that point. You're, you're, it's Facebook stalking, which, let's face it, I'm sure most of the media is guilty of at times because I think a lot of us are. But I don't have Facebook anymore. It's not me. But um, she mentions in her post that she was unsure if she was ready to return to her job. Well, she didn't. She wasn't at the job. And it doesn't sound like they're going to exactly welcome her back with open arms now that she's been blatantly lying about the conditions there, on top of the fact that she's clearly mentally disturbed and probably shouldn't have been in that profession to begin with. But Amaris, you do you, hun, and you moron leftists out there, just keep retweeting it. Just know, when you see somebody retweeting this, I want to tell you to just drop the article that I have in the show notes here from the Federalist, but again, they will laugh at you. I'm suggesting we just mute these people. You don't need that brand of political, a-factual nonsense on your timeline. You just don't. And these people are clearly not reasonable enough to understand that something so egregious, right? When you hear something like that... The first thing that happens to me when I saw the video, before I found out how fake it was, because I had seen the video, I said to myself, how can that even be? How can it get that bad? How could it possibly be that hospital administrators are actively telling people that not only can they not have masks, but they can't even bring their own masks? On what fucking plane of existence would that ever make sense to anybody? It wouldn't. And it doesn't. Because it's not true didn't stop CBS from reporting it. But, oh, wait, CBS is not done, not by a long shot. By the way, CBS sort of goes under the radar because they aren't MSDNC or the China News Network, but they're just as bad, and hopefully more and more people are seeing this now. But there are people out there who maybe they are at least smart enough to be weary of MSNBC and CNN and even Fox. Fine, fair enough, do do what you got to do. But they think because CBS is not one of those outlets that, oh, maybe they must be trustworthy. They're, they're network news. Like, they must have some semblance of honor. <laughs> no. None of these fucking people have any semblance of honor. Not a goddamn one of them. And here we go. CBS plays Italy hospital footage again for report on U.S. Now, this one actually comes to us courtesy of Breitbart, another one of these websites that all of your leftist friends probably just chuckle at the mere fact that you even read it. Again, they got it right. CBS got it wrong. Breitbart, Breitbart right. National Review right. Federalist right. ABC wrong. CBS wrong. Everybody following? Good. You're listening to my show. I know you're smart enough to do that. Here's the story, and I quote, about two weeks ago on March 22nd, CBS News used deceptively edited footage for the first time. Breitbart News reported then that, quote, far-left CBS News was caught red-handed using chaotic footage from an Italian hospital in a story about New York City hospitals, end quote. 
continuing on, it was an editing mistake. We took immediate steps to remove it from all platforms and shows, CBS News explained unconvincingly at the time. A little later in that same Breitbart article, in the case of the first CBS fake news broadcast, the Italian footage was used to exaggerate and misrepresent a New York hospital. Over the weekend, CBS News again used this video to mislead its viewers, this time while talking about a Philadelphia hospital, end quote. So after apologizing and claiming that the first instance was merely a mistake, it was an error, it was a boo-boo, a bad, they used the exact same footage in the exact same manner of fear-mongering, this time claiming it was Philadelphia, not New York City, and they just expected no one to notice. To me, that's what's the most infuriating about these stories, is that there are large swaths of the public who trust outlets like CBS, and I frankly find that unfathomable at this point. They aren't even smart enough to know that the internet has captured every previous fucking lie they've ever told, and they just keep repeating them. The internet, nothing nothing gets disappeared from the internet, okay? Unless, of course, you, like, know something about the Clintons. But there's no, nothing gets disappeared from the internet. Nothing gets deleted from the internet. When you lie and you make false claims one time, we have it on record. When you do it again in the exact same manner that you've already apologized for, that's more than egg on your face. That's a big old fucking turd and a bull turd at that because that is precisely what you were filled with. As a matter of fact, the turd did not drop on your face. It is now coming back out of your mouth because you are so full of bullshit that it's nowhere else to go, and it is now spewing out of orifices. Sorry for the imagery on Easter. But as always, this can only be happening for one of two reasons, and it's the usual two options that I always give you. They are all either really, really stupid or all really, really evil. The only third option is both. Moving on, CBS is also pushing the narrative that the World Health Organization has been handling this well since the beginning. This is not from the articles, this is now my commentary. Feel free to listen to my episode last week, or at least peruse the show notes for evidence of just how absurd that notion is. But it's not just ABC, and it's not just CBS. No, no, we could not do a fake news show without our friends at CNN. And who better to represent the fine propaganda outlet than the esteemed Fredo Cuomo? Cuomo's such a liar that I can't even take his coronavirus diagnosis seriously. He claims in his clip that he's got 102 fever, which sounds to me like reason for you to dart to a hospital. I did do some research, and that's not necessarily the case, particularly if you've already been diagnosed. But I want to know what he's taking. What did they give him? Did they give him hydroxychloroquine? Because he looks rather fucking fine when he's sitting there. I mean, he's a little red in the face, but that could just be because he just worked out or masturbated in the mirror or whatever he does. But, I mean, I can't even take this guy's diagnosis of a disease seriously because he's literally never spoken any truth on the airwaves ever. This is the same guy that pushed the lie that the word Fredo is the N-word for Italian people. And his network, instead of correcting him, backed him up. Because they are just as equally absurd as anything and everything that comes out of his mouth. I also happen to notice him on Twitter saying how happy he is to be quarantined with his family. Um, shouldn't you be staying the fuck away from your family? You've got a potentially lethal disease, Fredo. I can handle things, I'm smart! 
Well, you're not that smart, and let's face it, this guy definitely has enough money to have a second home or get a hotel or, hey, I'm sure his brother, Governor Cuomo, would be more than happy to commandeer a second place for him because, you know, he's just a dictator looking to flex some muscle, so uh, there's no excuse for Chris Cuomo to be anywhere near his family, and if this virus is anywhere near as serious as he has been telling us it has, you would think he would want to stay far, far away from them to ensure that they don't contract it, but nope. It's just hanging out at home with the wife and kids. My God, the fact that he has kids is even more frightening than any of this. It's the most frightening thing to come from this whole saga is my discovery that Chris Cuomo is reproduced. This is not good for anybody. This is, this is probably worse for us than the coronavirus. We know these Cuomos, they all seem to find themselves into places of power. But nevertheless, let me get into exactly why I'm talking about Fredo here. Um, let's get into the clip. So this is a clip from his show from CNN where he blatantly misrepresents what Trump was saying through selective editing. Now, I don't believe for a second that Fredo put, you know, finger to mouse and actually did the editing himself, but he knew, he had to have known what was actually said at the Trump press conference, and nevertheless, he reacted to this bastardized clip of it that leaves out all of the parts that would make Donald Trump look like he's a competent leader. It must be a coincidence. Here's Fredo, and then we'll get into what Trump actually said a little bit later on. Get real. The past is over. There can be no more letting politics reinforce our worst instincts. We need to build on our best instincts. And that said, while I'm asking you all to do that, the man at the top refuses to change. You said within a couple of days, the cases will be down to zero. Well, the cases really didn't build up for a while, but you have to understand, I'm a cheerleader for this country. I don't want to create havoc and shock and everything else. I'm not going to go out and start screaming, this could happen, this could happen. That's exactly what leadership is. Anybody can tell people what they want to hear and make it easy. And then you know what you get? Exactly where we are right now. That was the most asinine statement of leadership I have ever heard. And I can't even dismiss it on the president having 102 fever like I do, because that is clear thinking from him. I'm a cheerleader, so I'm going to lie to you about the realities that your parents, your loved ones and your kids face. I'm not going to prepare the way I should because it reinforces the bullshit I'm telling you. And I'm going to hope that you're OK with it. Right. Leadership. Fredo, you really want to talk about leadership? What what do you know about leadership exactly? Were you the captain of the CNN softball team or something like that? The only way this clown can relate to leadership is that he is actually related to an actual leader. And of course, I'm talking about his big brother, Governor Andy Cuomo. And yeah, I'm calling him Andy now because I know how much being called Andy irritates people named Andrew. And how's Governor Andy doing, Chief? Oh, you mean... Almost half of the nation's deaths from this virus are in his state. That, he's doing real well. 50, 50 states, half of them in his. Now, I'll give him a little bit of slack because New York is such a popular destination, right? It's such a hotbed. There's such a dense density of population there. I'm not going to put all of that on him. But to pretend that he's done everything that he needs to do just because he's out there doing a press briefing every day, Trump's out there doing a press briefing every day too. No one seems to think, on the left that is, that he's doing a wonderful job, even though they're doing the exact same thing. And even Cuomo has been quoted as saying, Andy Cuomo, that is, Governor Andy, 
Um, he has been saying that that the White House has done a great job, that Jared Kushner has been extremely helpful. And he even said in a press conference this week that he does not believe that any lives have been lost because of lack of care or lack of resources. He thinks that every life that was lost was frankly lost because of the virus and because there was not much else that could be done about it because of the underlying health conditions that these people had or because of the state that they are, the age at this particular point in their lives. It was never going to be conducive, and no amount of resources were going to save those lives. So even according to Cuomo, who's been kicking and screaming about the federal response when he's not complimenting them, weirdly enough, he even said that there has not been a single instance of a life lost that couldn't have been saved, um, that could have been saved, rather, if we had more resources. All of the resources were in place, and that, obviously, in large part due to the White House, the federal government response. Meanwhile... Let's take a look at the local response, right? There's an article in the show notes, I believe it's from Reason.com, three ways New York botched the coronavirus response in March. Now, I want to just point out that most of this is de Blasio, but Governor Andy supersedes de Blasio. So if he wanted to step in and say, no, no, we're doing this because I'm the governor of the state and you're just the mayor of the city, he probably could have done so, but he didn't. He backed his boy all the way through because... De Blasio is also a soldier against Trump, so God forbid we have any friendly fire on the left. But here it is from the article, and I quote, On March 10th, not February 10th, not January 10th, March 10th, that's me ad-libbing a little bit. On March 10th, the mayor insisted on MSNBC that if you're under 50 and you're healthy, which is most New Yorkers, there's very little threat here. This disease, even if you get it, basically acts like a common cold or flu, and transmission is not that easy. Now, as you heard at the top of the show, if, in fact, I had coronavirus, I will wholeheartedly agree with everything de Blasio said up until that last sentence. And transmission is not that easy. This is March 10th. Mind you, even the WHO had figured out on January 21st that this does actually have human-to-human transmission. And let's face it, if you're in New York and there's a virus that has human-to-human transmission, it is very easy for you to pass that along to somebody else. Anyway, the next day, which would be March 11th, this is still from the article, just hours before the National Basketball Association shut down its entire season, de Blasio urged New Yorkers to, quote, not avoid restaurants, not avoid normal things that people do, adding, quote, if you're not sick, you should be going about your life, end quote. It's again, March 11th. Moving on, on March 15th, to the irritation of his own health department, the mayor claimed that, quote, public health folks say it appears that transmission is when people are symptomatic, end quote. Now, we knew this. We knew that it was that the people who were asymptomatic could be spreading the disease. That's how it spreads so fast. That's the very unique nature of this virus, something that we very much knew in mid-March, certainly by March 15th. But here he is, de Blasio this time, saying that public health folks say it appears that the transmission is when people are symptomatic, which is just false. Now, if you thought maybe maybe he was just behind the news cycle a little bit, let's take it a step further. Even as late as last week, 63 days after Dr. Fauci said that asymptomatic transmission was a certainty, not a possibility, a certainty, de Blasio claimed that it was, quote, only in the last really 48 hours or so, end quote, that New York City health officials, quote, 
feel they've seen evidence around the world, particularly a new study coming out of Singapore, that shows some evidence that this disease can be spread by asymptomatic people, end quote. This was last week, and this article from Reason.com was written on April 9th, meaning that still in early April, maybe it was maybe it was April Fool's Day, maybe that was de Blasio's big, uh, big gag on the world is that he would infect as many people as humanly possible in his home city. And where was Cuomo? While all of this stupid was being uttered, a factual, counterfactual stupid that was being uttered by the giant Frankenstein-looking commie, Frankenstein's monster-looking commie, everybody seems to think Frankenstein was the monster, neither here, Frankenstein's monster-looking communist, Cuomo, Governor Andy, Fredo's brother, just sat back and let all this stuff happen, and every word of what I just read to you, every one of those quotes from de Blasio was wrong and put people's lives in danger, but that's obviously Trump's fault, right? I mean, that's got to be how this works. Anyway, let's move on. Actually, I got another little tidbit here. How about on March 2nd, which is now we're taking a step back, getting into Governor Andy's uh, shit here a little bit. On March 2nd, one day after New York's first confirmed case, Governor Andy stated that health investigators would track down everyone from that particular individual's flight because they may have been exposed. Did they? Nope. Turns out the Failing New York Times did a, did a little bit of a research on this, and it turns out that no one had been tracked down or contacted from the flight that this woman came in on. I believe she was flying from Wuhan to here, but she stopped off in Qatar, I believe. There was a couple stops in some sort of sketchy countries. Frankly, maybe they did look into this, and they were told to just shut the hell up about it, in which case that opens up a door for a whole nother conspiracy that I'm not prepared to handle Certainly not right now. But let's get back to Fredo, right? Fredo was making all these bold, brash, I-know-it-all comments based on a clip that wasn't real. So let me play the clip that he played you, and then I'll play the actual clip, and I'll give a little pause in between so that you know exactly what I'm talking about. So here's the clip that Cuomo ran on his show and commented on. He said within a couple of days, the cases will be down to zero. Well, the cases really didn't build up for a while. But you have to understand, I'm a cheerleader for this country. I don't want to create havoc and shock and everything else. I'm not going to go out and start screaming, this could happen, this could happen. Now, if you were to do that, by the way, Fredo, that wouldn't be leadership. That would just be fear-mongering, which I, I, I recognize you are difficult to identify, being that you partake in it every day and don't seem to think that there's anything wrong with it, which either means that you're either stupid or evil. Shocker. Um, but let's move on to what Trump actually said. By the way, you can actually notice if your ear is keen enough or you're like a, a loser like me and he spends a lot of time editing audio. Um, you can tell where that jump cut was, right before he says, I'm not going to start screaming, you can hear like a little hiccup, a little blip, that's where they cut the audio, and then tried to move it into one seamless thing of audio, which unfortunately, they got caught. So here is exactly what Trump actually said, go. Well, the cases really didn't build up for a while, but you have to understand, I'm a cheerleader for this country. I don't want to create havoc and shock and everything else, but ultimately, when I was saying that, I'm also closing it down. I obviously was concerned about it because I closed down our country to China, which was heavily infected. I then closed it down to Europe. That's a big move, closing it down from China and then closing it down from Europe and then ultimately closing it down 
to the UK. So, and it was right about that time. But I'm not going to go out and start screaming, this could happen, this could happen. So, again, as president, I think a president has to be a cheerleader for their country. But at the same time I'm cheerleading, I'm also closing down a very highly infected place, specifically the location, as you know, in China that had the problems. And we're closing it down, but we close it down to all of China. Then we close it down to all of Europe. Those were big moves. Yeah. Those were big moves. And I mentioned last week on my last episode, so I'm not going to get into it, but obviously there's plenty of leftists out there, plenty of Democrats out there, plenty of hacks in the media, all of which called him racist and xenophobic for doing that at the time. And it has been unequivocal that that made a huge difference. Imagine, I mean, what was it? Five million people had traveled out of Hubei province during the outbreak before there was travel bans that were implemented. Every day, more and more people were coming. And a lot of people that leave China Guess where they're going? Yeah, they're coming here. You see them. You go to any of the big cities. You see the big flock of people with cameras. Uh, that's that's a lot of Chinese tourists. I was once at a hotel because I was working. Um, I was working at a job. I needed to get licensing for something. The class that they registered me for was at a. It was at a like a Radisson in Piscataway, New Jersey. I'll give you that much away because it doesn't really matter. There was a bus parked in front of this place. And that bus was entirely for an entire group of just Chinese tourists. Straight up from China. Wasn't making any assumptions. They were pretty obvious about it. They had empty suitcases that they were loading onto this truck so that they could go into New York City or go wherever they were going to go. I assume New York City. And they were going to go doing some shopping and all that sort of stuff so that they could bring stuff home to their families in China. And they, they would literally load empty suitcases onto these onto these buses and then they would go for the day and then they'd come back and the suitcases would be fold up this is an entire bus one random hotel in Piscataway New Jersey which has got to be at least an hour and a half away from the city so you can imagine all the hotels in between there in New York City and New Jersey alone that are occupied by Chinese tourists doing similar things not to say that that was the norm or is the norm or that volume is the norm but I mean, these are people that like to travel. They like to they like to shop. They like to take pictures of stuff. They are notorious for this all around the world. Most of the tourists coming into most countries that have tourism are coming from either here or China. And because of the sheer number of people in China, well, let's face it, they can outnumber us by threefold, at least, probably closer to four or five. So the likelihood is, is that if tourism is coming into your country, it is coming in in large droves from China and in the case of the coronavirus epidemic, also coming along with the Wu flu, the Kung flu, the China virus, whatever you want to call it, it's it would have been here in much larger numbers had Trump not closed the border, point blank, period. It's undeniable. It's wholly rational. There is no evidence to suggest that keeping the borders open to that particular province or to that particular city or even that whole country There was no evidence to suggest that allowing travel to come in from there would have made this better. I defy anyone out there to find it. Please send it to me on Twitter, at RightOpinionPod, if by some miracle you find it. And if you send me a Vox article, I may hunt you down and kill you. I kid. Sort of. I'm sure that's not the only piece of CNN that the fake news produced this week. Yeah, I said that exactly the way I intended it. I'm sure that's not the only piece of CNN the fake news produced this week, but that piece has exposed them 
on a variety of levels, I think, and it's best to just leave it alone for now. Otherwise, this whole show could end up being about CNN, and frankly, I don't want to give them the rub. This podcast is a far more legitimate news outlet than they have ever been, and I'm sick of talking about them. By the way, one last thing on them, actually, before we head out the door. Remember when they were saying that all the Fox News viewers are going to be in danger because of all the misinformation that's being spread by the, quote, state-run media over at Fox? CNN has two anchors who got this thing. Maybe they should be a little bit more concerned about themselves and the karma that comes along with being professional bullshit artists. Just saying. Anyway, a couple more things before we leave. Are you working for China? Thank you, Mr. President. Only last week, there were multiple uh, flights coming from China full of medical supplies. Companies like Huawei and Alibaba have been donating to the United States like 1.5 million and 95 masks and also a lot of medical gloves and uh, much more medical supplies. Sounds so, like a statement more than a question. I mean, I, I hope they're going to honor the deal. We'll find with out. China, are you cooperating with I don't China? Know. Uh, who are you working for, China? Do you I'm work not, for China or are you with a newspaper? Kong, who are you with? Hong Kong Phoenix TV. Who owns that, China? Is it owned by China? Hong Kong. No, is it owned by the state? No, it's not. It's a private-owned company. Okay, good. Now, as you could probably tell, the woman there is Asian, right? She's uh, clearly, you know, got an accent. I could see the video. She clearly looks Asian to me. So, of course, when Trump asks this woman the question, are you working for China? Are you working for China? Um, The media lost their minds. He's a racist. He's a this. He's probably a sexist somehow, even though his question had absolutely nothing to do with her being a woman. How they continue to brand this guy a racist is sort of mind-boggling, mostly because I'm trying to wonder where exactly they're sticking these brands at this point. I feel like they've covered every inch of them. Sorry for that visual. But for asking an Asian reporter if she works for China, he was branded a racist, a conspiracy theorist, a crazy man, yada, yada, yada. Well... It turns out, as usual, the Donald nailed this one. So let's get into the article that I have here from my boy Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller because Chuck Ross is just one of the few good ones out there, guys. Follow him on Twitter. I think he's Chuck Ross DC or DC Chuck Ross on Twitter. But he put together a little bit of information about Hong Kong Phoenix TV, which is where that woman admitted that she works for. She says, no, no. I don't work for China, I work for Hong Kong, and we work for this privately run news outlet called Hong Kong Phoenix TV. Well, let's take a look at Mr. Ross's article entitled, Trump asks reporter if she's working for Chinese government after pro-Beijing questions. The article goes on to read, and I quote, While Phoenix TV is not wholly owned by the Chinese government, its content is widely considered to be sympathetic to Beijing. The Hoover Institute regards it as a quasi-official news outlet with links to the Chinese government's Ministry of State Security. Freedom House, a pro-democracy think tank, said in a 2017 report that Phoenix TV is owned by a former Chinese military official with close ties to Beijing officials. Phoenix TV's coverage is typically favorable to the CCP, otherwise known as the Chinese Communist Party, the report says. Moreover, Over the past two years, it has been used as an outlet for airing televised confessions by various detained CCP critics, 
most notably all five Hong Kong booksellers abducted by Chinese security forces in late 2015. The Chinese government's propaganda machine has hyped medical aid that it has provided the United States and other countries during the pandemic. End quote. So, it turns out, she does work for China. Just sort of in a roundabout way. It's funny, you would think that, like, this evil, sketchy, non-transparent organization would basically just broadcast that this is propaganda for them. Oh, wait, no, that's not how evil, corrupt, and non-transparent people do things. Duh. Duh. I mean, come on, people. This is absolutely ridiculous. Thank you, Chuck Ross and the Daily Caller for pointing all that sort of stuff out. So it turns out a woman does kind of work for China. Trump nailed it. And everyone else branded him a racist. Just like with the travel ban to China, he was branded a racist. It was the right call. This woman clearly works for China. That's the That was the right call. But all of these idiots in that room, they have no issue sharing the room with the Chinese propagandist from the Hong Kong Phoenix TV but God forbid fucking Chanel Rion from AON or OAN is in there, then they all lose their shit. See an issue there? OAN, One America News Network, which is, it's, it's fine. It's kind of like turned up Fox. So if you're into Fox, they're going to be your thing. Do I get some news from there on occasion? Yeah, of course I do. I get my news from everywhere, as you could tell from the articles that I'm putting in these show notes. That said... Even if OAN was outright right-wing American propaganda, that's still Trump's outright left-wing communist China propaganda a hundred times out of a hundred. There should be no comparing the two. Moving on, let's get into hydroxychloroquine. I talked to you about that last week, right? So Trump's been touting this drug, hydroxychloroquine, otherwise known as Plaquenil, in the trade market. I believe that's the trademark name for it or the trade name for it. Uh, It's being made by a company out in France. Yada, yada, yada. Trump's been touting the saying that it could be a game changer. It could give hope. We had the two morons who ate the fish tank cleaner uh, because the the wife clearly is the new Carol Baskin. That's going to be a Netflix series if I've ever heard of one. But remember, I was telling you last week that Trump's been touting the efficacy of this drug and the media refused to acknowledge that there is, you know, some hope here that this is one of, if not the most viable options that people have right now because there's no vaccine. There's no other specific medication in, uh, I mean, they're in development, but they're not going to be close to done with development anytime soon. So right now, this anti-malarial drug, uh, also mixed with azithromycin and a Z-Pak, so zinc, uh, all of these things are, uh, are, are good treatments. By the way, Zycam, mostly zinc, which is why I was taking the Zycam. We even had two Democrat governors that were trying to take le- legislative or at least administrative action against doctors who were prescribing this treatment. The governor of Nevada and the governor of Michigan, the rather milfy chick who's possibly going to be Biden's VP. Whitmer, I believe her name is. They're so desperate to try to take down Trump that they're willing to take treatment away from patients who are potentially dying because they want to own Trump. That's where these people are at. There's no other excuse for it. Then, a Democrat state representative from Michigan used the drug, believes it saved her life, and actually went on Laura Ingram's show of all places to say that it may very well have saved her life and that she thanks the president for allowing her to get to get this treatment because it was needed and because what other choice do you have if you're about to die and you're in all sorts of pain? Fuck, give me anything. Like, I'll eat 
fucking vegan tofu, even though I'm pretty sure tofu's already vegan. Whatever it is that I got to do in that situation to try to get better, I'm willing to try, and it should be my right to do so, because the last I checked, I thought this was America. Anyway, so now we have to come up with another reason for why Trump is pushing the hydroxychloroquine. It couldn't have just been that he was a lunatic making shit up and pulling it out of thin air. Now we know that's not the case because one of their own has come out and said it, and those governors ended up both reversing course on it because their constituents told them to back the fuck off. You're not a doctor. You don't get any say in my medical care any more than anyone else does besides me and my doctor. So now we got to come up with a new reason. Why is Trump pushing this so hard? Couldn't possibly be that he wants to try to provide hope and save lives, so there's got to be something else in it for him. Oh, maybe there's a financial interest. Maybe he's invested in the company that makes this drug. Oh, wait, he is invested in a company that makes this drug. Oh, that's it, guys. We figured it out. He's pushing this drug because he's trying to make a bunch of money off of it. You know, the guy who turns down his salary every year, who has lost billions of dollars in net value because he's the president, because all you lunatics hate him so much. His daughter had to close her stores down because people hate her so much, because they hate him so much. All of this, obviously, is being done for the money. So, I hope you sense the sarcasm in all of that. So, apparently, Trump is actually invested in the company that makes Plaquenil. Wow, that sounds really bad, right? Well... It's so not bad that even Snopes fact-checked this as mostly false. So, according to Snopes, what's true? Well, what's true is that U.S. President Donald Trump earns some income from three family trusts that are administered independently by J.P. Morgan, an investment bank, and wealth management firm. These trusts are in part invested in mutual funds that themselves are partially invested in companies that produce hydroxychloroquine. Now, I know that already sounds like a bit of a stretch. You're going to laugh when you find out how much of a stress stretch it actually is. What's false, according to Snopes? Trump's financial stake in these companies is virtually negligible, contained indirectly via mutual funds. So for those of you who don't, mutual funds are like groups of stocks. And so you don't pick the specific stocks. You just buy the fund. So it could be like um, J.P. Morgan large cap value fund or whatever it is, and it's got a lot of big companies, large cap companies, and it's in there, and it's designed to essentially be kind of a level of diversification even within a particular asset class. And now I'm getting all super financially on you. Just know that it's not, instead of picking specific stocks, you're buying a group of stocks that you don't pick. They're usually managed by a fund manager, hence mutual fund. Fair enough. So, all right, let me go back to the top here. Trump's financial stake in these companies is virtually negligible, contained indirectly via mutual funds, and administered through three family trusts he does not control. As a generic drug, hydroxychloroquine is unlikely to provide any one company with significant profits compared to other proprietary drugs. So it's a generic drug now. It's no longer within a patent. It's very cheap to produce. There's a lot of companies out there that are making this and more, even more, they could make it now that there's an actual demand for it, potentially, if the media ever lets up and like lets people know that this could actually save their lives. So when Snopes is debunking it, ooh, buddy, you know how fucking bad that is. They, the, the Snopes is basically run by two liberals and their cats. So, I mean, these... This, this, quote, fact-checking site was never really a fact-checking site, but once in a blue moon, the facts are so undeniable that even they have to concede, no, no, this one 
is ridiculous. It's almost like the media has no idea how basic finance works. Also, like I said, the drug in question is not under any patent any longer, so it can be made by virtually everyone, which would mean that if this drug goes into mass production, the specific company that Trump owns through the mutual fund, through the, the, the trust that he doesn't actually control, is not going to make him a bunch of money. But wait, Snopes described his stake in these companies as virtually negligible, fact-check true. And I'm going to take you to the Washington Post of all places to just show you exactly how true that is. Again, when the Washington Post is writing articles that are conceding that Trump isn't doing anything all that bad here, it is unequivocal that Trump is not doing anything that bad here. Let's move on to the Washington Post article. It says, and I quote, At issue is a fund from a firm called Dodge & Cox called, cleverly enough, the Dodge & Cox International Stock Fund. Side note here, I think they think they're trying to be funny there, but that is... That's how stock funds are are generally named is the name of the company, put them together, what exactly they represent, in this case, international stocks, and then fund, representing the fact that it's a fund. So that's how funds are named. I don't know what they're getting at there. Moving on, Trump's personal financial disclosure indicates that he holds shares in the fund through three different family trusts. The fund's largest holding is, in fact, in Sanofi, which is the company that's making Plaquenil. That said... Only 3.3% of the fund's holdings are in that company. What's more, Trump's disclosure, filed in May, shows that the three trusts each hold between $1,001 and $1,500 in the Dodge-Cox fund. In other words, Trump's stake in Sanofi from each trust is between $33 and $495, or between about $100 and $1,500 in total. However much he overstates his net worth, Trump is still worth nearly $3 billion, according to Bloomberg News, mostly as a function of the properties he owns. That Sanofi investment would therefore constitute between 0.00003 and 0.0005% of Trump's net worth. If you were worth $100,000, it would likely be about a nickel in your pocket. Yep, that's the big financial interest that Trump has in Plaquenil. He's really going to strike it rich. Again, the guy turns down a $400,000 salary every year by virtue of just being president, which was largely self-funded and was never guaranteed to him in the first place. He could have dumped almost a billion dollars into a failing presidential campaign. He's since lost a bunch of net worth because of all the lunatics out there who don't want anything to do with anything with the name Trump on it. But they think... He's going out of out of his way to tout this drug because of the potential 0.00003% of his net worth that he stands to gain from this. These people are not serious people. I have an article in the Daily Wire to give you a little bit of kind of a synopsis of that whole situation. And I have the article from the Washington Post with that quote that I just read for you. And then that brings me to our final couple of segments here. I think I said that once already, but there really are only two left. And I'd like to draw your attention to a couple of lighter notes because I want you informed, but I don't want you sad. I'm a cheerleader for you. Like I want to I want to be your cheerleader. I want your lives to be good because I want you to be happy and I want you to share this podcast with people. And I feel like you're more inclined to do that if you leave here less pissed off than more pissed off. Call me crazy. I'm not exactly a psychiatrist, but this virus sucks. 
Our media is even worse. And there are still things that we can laugh at in these troubling times. First and foremost, I give to you Brianna Joy Gray. Now, many of you are going, who the hell is G Brianna? Yeah, exactly. Who the hell is this woman? Well, she is, in accordance with her Twitter profile, the National Press Secretary for the next president, Bernie Sanders. Now, obviously, that's not going so well for her with Bernie dropping out. But Bernie dropping her out was able to free her, free her from the plantation of Bernie's democratic socialism, right? In the wake of Bernie Sanders folding up his campaign, she tweets, and I quote, On the plus side, I could drop the Democratic from my tweets about why socialism is good. Winky face emoji. End quote. The funny part here, folks, the funny part is that she thought she was ever fooling anyone. <laughs> oh, I'm so highly educated and politically savvy, I'm gonna hide my socialism by throwing the word democratic in front of socialism. Those rubes out in the middle of the country will never see this so thinly veiled and virtually non-existent cover. Yeah, really? Who do you think you're a fool? Why do you think Bernie's not the fucking nominee right now? It's because everyone saw through that bullshit. This woman would have been the press secretary for Bernie in all likelihood if he did become president. People want to shit on Sarah Sanders? This clown is A, stupid enough to be a socialist in the first place. B, thinks that you're stupid enough to, to be thrown off the scent by the word democratic. And C, just for shits and giggles, I just want to reiterate the cowardice of democratic socialism. If it has any differentiation from regular old socialism at all, it's that these socialists don't want to be blamed when things fall apart, which they must know at some point in the back of their brains. Otherwise, why would they be so worried about democratic socialism? Why not just go full bore into regular socialism? A, because you know that that's going to be unpopular. And B, you know that you will be to blame when it all comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Yes, that's a Hulk Hogan reference, and I'm trying to sneak that one in every week. Socialist socialists want to seize the means of production. These buffoons want to control every aspect of it without actually seizing them outright. Because when it fails, and it will fail... And again, in some part of them knows that it will fail, which is why they've come across this ideology in the first place. They can blame the owners of the industry and say, you didn't do enough. That's why your business failed. It certainly wasn't due to us noble socialists who took away any ability you have to actually run your own business that you worked hard to build, found the capital to create, and were using to help feed your families. Now you feed everyone's families because we said so and you messed up. Not us. We, all we did was provide all this red tape and regulation and guidelines that you must follow, virtually eliminating any decision-making within the your own business that you started, and now, when it fails, it's on you. It's not on the state, because the state doesn't own the means of production. No, no, we just simply guide you through a thicket of rose bushes with one path and one path only. And when it all comes crashing down and hurts inside, yes, that's all Kogan reference again, then... We probably will seize the means of production, but it's not because we wanted to. It's because you failed and we needed to. This is what they're trying to do right now. The government caused the problem in shutting down all these businesses, and then they were going to try to give out loans. This is one of the Democrats we're talking about. They were going to give out loans and take equity in these companies. No. 
No, 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 no. You fucked up. You were the ones who, that screwed my business up. You owe me restitution, not the other way around. You don't get to screw my company up, show up the next day to offer me a loan, and then tell me that that loan gives you equity in my company. That's basically racketeering. Like, that is absurd. There is no reason that anybody should be okay with that, and thank God they weren't. Even Boeing was like, nah, sorry, you're not going to take part of our company. We won't take the loan. We'll just fire people, and good for them. Seriously, I know that sucks that people would have lost their jobs, but they didn't because Boeing had the temerity to put their foot down and say, no, you're not going to own any part of our company because you think that you can do better. You can't. As a matter of fact, if you got the fuck out of our way, we'd all be fine right now. But here we are. Last but not least, I always tell people that if you are going to listen to conservative podcasts other than this one, there is one that I like the most. And really, I don't even want you to listen to the whole show. But just the first couple of minutes of the Andrew Clavin show on the Daily Wire, it is just like every day I find myself giggling as his entrance music comes on because basically he starts the show every week with a little soliloquy and then his entrance music and then he rolls into the show. But that soliloquy at the top of the show is so masterfully written. Uh, Andrew is a novelist and a movie script writer and uh, has written you know comedies and tragedies and He's a really brilliant mind. He's a very funny guy. And uh, maybe he draws this from where I where I kind of grew the initial appreciation for this. When I was growing up, I used to listen to sports radio all the time. WFAN was the local station here in New York for the Mets. I'm a Mets fan. And, uh, and Steve Summers used to do almost the exact same thing at the top of his show every night. Uh, where he would do this long comedic soliloquy, taking some of the events of the day and twisting them around and making them, you know, just a, a, every bit as laughable as they possibly could be. My boy Drew, and I'm going to call him Drew because I know just how much people like Andrew like being called Drew, um, that he was talking about the World Health Organization, and he was talking about Trump considering defunding them. First of all, yes, Please defund them. The Chinese health organization is of been of no help to anybody. All they are doing is kowtowing to the CCP. And it's blatantly obvious that they're doing so. And it's frankly disgusting that anyone could be siding with China after what they've released on the world yet again. Because this is obviously not the first time this has happened. But Drew always has a way with words. So I want to play you a little bit of his monologue about the situation before we leave here. If this doesn't get a chuckle out of you, you are either humorless or you are too young to get the reference, in which case you need to go ahead and do some Googling and find the original sketch that he's referencing. Mr. Clavin, please take it away. Well, Bernie Sanders is out of the race, and we'll talk about that. But first, to bring you up to date, here's the latest on President Trump's last press briefing. Trump told the assembled journalists that he was now considering defunding the World Health Organization. ABC's John Carl asked, you won't be funding who... And the president said, that's right. And Carl said, no, who? And Trump said, yes, who? And Carl said, but who won't you be funding? And Trump said, exactly who I won't be funding. And Carl said, but I don't understand who. And Trump said, what are you, some kind of idiot? And Carl, <laughs> and Carl, <laughs> and Carl said, who are you calling an idiot? And Trump said, no, I'm calling you an idiot. I'm not funding who? And Carl said, who? And Trump said, which? And Carl said, you're not funding which? And Trump said, no, who? And Carl said, you? And Trump said, what about me? And Carl asked, who will you no longer be funding? And Trump said, I'm glad we finally got that straightened out. That's an old Abbott and Costello thing. Um, I thought that I was on the ground laughing when I heard this clip this week 
So check out Clavin Show. I mean, I get nothing for it. Uh, it's not a sponsor. It's not an affiliate. But fuck, like, I would love to be on the Daily Wire. I think I'm a little rough around the edges for them. Um, but you never know. They do have some shows out there that they got some. You got Walsh and you got Clavin and you got Knowles and obviously the almighty Ben Shapiro. Um, so there's, you know, there's, there's plenty of things over there for you. Again, they're not a sponsor. I get nothing from this. But if you're looking for content when you're not listening to me, I always suggest any of those shows, the Bongino show, I listen to Live In every so often, I've been listening to more and more of Glenn Beck, and then obviously if you're on YouTube, Steven Crowder, and the Mug Club, and all that sort of stuff, that's where I get a lot, not, not a lot of my information per se, but it's once I've absorbed all of the information I've absorbed for the day, I go back to these folks and see exactly how they took it, and a lot of the times, it's very similar to how I did Although I've been very mad at Shapiro recently. He said like something on every show in the last couple of weeks that every show he said something to piss me off. I'm going to start compiling them maybe because it, maybe it's maybe it'll help differentiate my view from his and explain to you why you should be listening to me rather than him. But anyway, if you are looking for Clavin, how do you spell Clavin? K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Clavin. He simply makes it look that easy. That's a running gag on a show, and I frankly have always just wanted to say it out loud. So here we are. K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Clavin. Toot toot. All right. So that's the end of that. Let me give you the plugs for the week. Obviously, follow me on Twitter at RightOpinionPod. You can also find me on Instagram, Parlor, and Minds, same place, at RightOpinionPod. And email the show, therightopinionpod at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe at therightopinion.podbean.com as eventually the exclusive episodes will go back exclusively to there. But in the midst of the coronavirus epidemic and the lack of entertainment out there and my want to get this information out to as many people as possible in a timely manner, this podcast will also be available on hackerhameen.podbean.com and ratsaladreview.com. We thank both of those platforms for having the gumption to follow and, for that matter, share the right opinion right here on the therightopinion.podbean.com. I, of course, have been your host, Harrison Bergeron. I wish you all well. Happy Bunny Day again. I'm going to play a quick commercial for Rat Salad Review as we head out the door. Take a listen. Check them out. You might be into them. And if so, let them know that Harrison Bergeron sent you. And uh, this seems like a perfectly good time to remind you that, as always, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, but this asshole has the right opinion right here on therightopinion.podbean.com. I'll talk to you guys next time. Stay safe. Peace. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album vs. Album, the King Diamond Podcast with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for those who love politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Ex-Stradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like podcast and the Laughcast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. 